0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the SaaS Marketing Show with me, your host, Dylan Hay. And this week we have another fantastic interview. As always, we are speaking with Casenia, who is the CEO at a company called Planable, which is a fantastic product for collaboration across social media content. Now, we talked about what Casenia and the team at Planable have done to take the business from a struggling, early stage bootstrap company that was struggling to find their way to now a successful seven figure SaaS business and how they did that with their approach to content and content marketing. It was a really insightful episode. I know for a fact that you're going to really, really enjoy this one. I had fun recording it. Um, I just want to say before we, before we jump in, a huge thank you to all of you listening to this today. We are going to hit the first ever month of 10,000 audio downloads on the podcast. And that's not even counting YouTube and everywhere else. So if you're someone listening to this, if you found something useful in the SaaS marketing show, I want to say a huge thank you. And if you could do me a massive favor and leave a review for the SaaS marketing show on Apple podcasts, or wherever it is that you're listening, that would help us reach even more people next month. Now, before rolling the episode, let's quickly talk about this week's sponsors. So first up is Document360, the knowledge base software that scales with your SaaS. If you're not already building out a self-service knowledge base for your SaaS product, then I really do recommend this is something that you take a look at, because not only will it help your customers have a better experience with your product, but a self-service knowledge base can also help reduce your support requests by up to 50% as you'll be giving your users all the information they need to solve their own problems so if you don't already have a knowledge base for your SaaS, head over to document 360 and claim your free 14 day trial today and finally it's restream so restream allows you to broadcast live engaging video directly from your browser to 30 plus social networks at the same time and they power over 8 million live streams every single month and are trusted by companies like Cisco, IBM, Microsoft, and more importantly, myself at Hey Digital. I love using Restream and use it every time to power my own live streams. They have a great free plan that you can use to test it out. And if you sign up using our special link, you'll receive a $10 credit on your account. So that link is restree.am forward slash Dylan. Once again, that's restree.am forward slash Dylan. Okay, let's get into today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the SaaS Marketing Show. Today, I am joined by Ksenia, who is the CEO at Planable, And Planable is a tool that simplifies and speeds up the way social media campaigns are managed. It makes planning, visualizing, and approving social media posts easy and fun. Ksenia, I'm excited to have you here. Welcome to today's show.
1: Thank you so much, Dylan, for having me on the show. I'm uh, excited to have this conversation with you.
0: Yeah, no problem, me too. So today we're going to specifically talk about how Planable has grown to seven figures with content marketing and how you went from, and these were your words, not mine too, right? But like small struggling startup launching on Product Hunt to where you guys are today. And I'm really excited to go deep into this topic because SEO content marketing is so important to so many SaaS businesses and it's something that people are always asking us about. But before we do that, let's just talk a little bit about Planable. So maybe for everyone listening to this, that if they don't know who you guys are, could you give us a quick top level overview as to where Planable's at as a business and like some of the kind of clients that you work with, et cetera. And yeah, just give everyone listening a quick overview.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we started the company about four years ago, and since then we've been working with more than... 5,000 teams across the world. Most of our customers are based in the US and in the in the UK, but we've been working with customers from all across Singapore, Australia, all over the world, helping them speed up the way they plan content for social media. We've raised a series seed round uh, a year ago. And before that, we've We've gone through a few accelerators. The most prestigious one that we've went through was uh, Techstars and and London. And in terms of trying to you know position ourselves where we are, we're still very seed level. Quite I, I consider ourselves still uh, an early stage startup. We work with about we have about seven hundred uh, paying customers at the moment. And some of them, I could name a few of them. We work with the United Nations. We work with, Jaguar, Land Rover, Christiane Louboutin, Viber, and a bunch of very awesome brands out there.
0: Awesome. That's so cool. And you, before starting Planable, you were running or working in a marketing agency, right? So is that where the, is that where the idea came from for Planable?
1: Yes. So I had my own social media marketing agency before Planable, and, together with my co-founders, they also worked in the industry. We realized that this, you know, entire issue of collaboration and planning content could be improved. We really didn't enjoy working in spreadsheets and then back and forth emails. So we started to build a solution for, for ourselves. And then we realized that we're not the only ones struggling with this. And many others in the, in the industry might enjoy a solution such like that, such as this. So yeah, that's how Planable got started.
0: Awesome. That's always like the the best way right like people say is when you find something solving a problem that you guys had yourselves it's always a good way to yeah
1: scratching your own edge
0: <laughs> yeah exactly and so what does the team look like at Planable from a from a marketing perspective how do you guys have things set up at the moment
1: yeah so our first marketing person we hired our first marketing person I think, two years and a half ago, right after we launched on AppSumo. And I'm going to tell you about AppSumo uh, a bit as well. Probably we're going to talk about it. And we've been growing the team. The first marketer that we hired, she became our head of marketing. And now we have a team of four people we're hiring uh, a content marketer as we speak (laughs) so yeah it's it's still a very small team Uh, we have someone in charge of paid then we have someone in charge of like the blog and seo but we're still as content focused as we were very early in the beginning
0: and so we're going to get into your kind of approach to content, but I actually, something that you just said that I want to touch on is the AppSumo thing, because I know that a lot of people are listening to this, uh, they always consider, Hey, should I do this? Should I not do this? A lot of them get approached about it. My friend, Tom Hunt, who runs sassmarketer.io, he yeah. is, has BCAS, which is what we use to host our our podcast I know that he's going through an app sumo launch like right now. A few of my friends that run like other SaaS companies, I won't mention them because like I know that one of them is a competitor to you guys, but like <laughs> they've done product hunt uh, sorry, App Sumo launches. So how was I don't know how careful we have to be about this depending on your views of it, but like how was the App Sumo launch for you guys? And is that something you did right at the very beginning to kickstart things?
1: Yeah, that was something we did very early on and I think that's the best timing to do it because then you want to you know build the brand and you don't want to dilute the brand value and so on and also that's when you need it the most you need like a cash injection the most you need that word of mouth so to give you a bit of context we were a bit desperate when we did AppSumo (laughs) we were trying so many things back then and, and nothing were working we were trying you know Like building our blog, we were trying SEO very early on, we were trying all kinds of like growth hacking, but nothing seemed to really work. We were just stagnating in terms of our revenue. We were doing, I don't know, $200 in MRR. So it was very sad. After two years of building the product, we couldn't manage to grow it in terms of revenue and in terms of users and customers. So I think AppSuma approached us, I don't remember if. We approached them, but I, I think they reached out to us yeah. and they asked, do you uh, do you want to do it? Uh, we researched it a bit. I think we stumbled upon a few articles with, you know, people that were telling uh, their own AppSumo experience and they were saying that they made like 200K and I was like, wow, that does not seem real. It's something, something, something's fishy with this <laughs> just doesn't seem real. So we didn't really take it seriously, to be honest. We're like, oh, let's see how it goes. So I remember back then Apsumo had I judge companies by their websites. And I remember Appsumo had a very like clunky website. So I didn't I had no hopes regarding Absumo and the results they could bring. But then we launched, and I remember that we launched we were not even on, on their homepage, and they sent the first email blast. So that was not even the full power of Absumo. And I remember we were We had so many users, we had so much, we we were doing shifts in terms of customer support to just try and manage this entire flow. We were just completely flooded. And that was amazing. And there's one thing for people that are thinking about AppSumo, one big concern that, yes, I'm giving away this product for this very small amount of money. But one thing that really surprised us During this entire Epsomo experience was the fact that people actually started writing about us, tweeting about us, doing blog reviews about us. So the word of mouth started spreading and we started getting customers, recurring revenue customers that didn't come from Epsomo long after Epsomo was done. So yeah, that, I think that was one thing. And also we had some of the Epsoma customers, very few of them, I have to say, but some of them did needed something more and we upgraded them on a recurring plan. But yeah, we got quite a big chunk of money, like a cash injection, almost angel level ticket seed. And yeah, afterwards it also started growing in terms of recurring revenue.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think when people ask me about it, usually I, I don't necessarily give advice, but I share the experiences I've had from my friends or other people that have been through uh, a launch. And I think for that kind of stage of the business, like just if you see it as almost uh, a seed round in itself, an initial starting point, then it can be really valuable. But if you're if you're built have been building for a while already and you don't need that, I would my advice is usually to stay away just because of the challenges that come with it but for that specific use case it sounds like it worked really well there's, there's
1: also the risk of like cannibalizing yourself if you have customers that are on, on, on your subscription on a smaller subscription they may choose to go with absolute cancel so you might see like a huge churn which you obviously don't but if you're very early on and you have a product that is is stable also that's super important because if, if you're too early on you might get so much trash talk about yourself on AppSumo and on social media. So you don't want to do that. So you need to be prepared.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like it worked out well for you guys. So let's talk about content then, because you've mentioned this a few times already. So it sounds like, like SEO and content marketing is one of the big pillars that drives for success for for you guys by the same things. Like, is are the majority of your like signups and customers, are they coming through organic channels or what's the kind of what's the split like where do most people come from for you guys yeah so
1: most of people come from yeah from seo we're doing the right thing in terms of uh, keywords and market and content and our own blog and then there's a bunch of them that come from direct i hate direct (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's yeah direct basically a bunch a huge chunk of direct traffic is it's word of mouth, right? If I tell you about a company and you go and search their brand name directly, that is direct, but obviously you haven't, you didn't ask yourself, what would a good content planning tool be called? You know, let's try Planable. No, obviously someone told you about it or you read about it somewhere. So it's content really. It's that brand awareness that you build through content. So I think that's the split I would say. SEO and content hand in hand, they're bringing the most traffic to planable. We've actually been growing until I don't know half a year ago our entire growth has been sustained by these two things. We haven't invested in paid. we're only now playing around playing around with paid search, uh, display ads, that kind of thing but most of our growth has been really organic through go- through content and uh, SEO.
0: Got it. That makes sense. And you have, I, I know you talked about the kind of team structure a little bit earlier on. So you have like people that are looking after that. Do you use like freelancers for content writing as well or any agencies or is everything in-house?
1: Yeah. You? So we tried, we tried doing, we tried outsourcing uh, the backlink outreach part of the SEO because that that's very time consuming. But at the same time, we haven't really gotten any big results out of the out through, out of the backlinks. And it's super expensive. I hear it's from 200 up, it's, it starts at $200 a a backlink. And not every backlink is the same. Not all backlinks are equal. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) that's something that you need to take into consideration as well. So we were trying to do that, but I wouldn't say it's like really hundred percent working. We might try it the other way around. We might outsource the content writing and then do backlinks, uh, backlink outreach ourselves. So we're still trying to tweak this process. We've been doing it all internally so far. So we've only now started looking into this.
0: Let's talk about the kind of approach to content then that you guys take. What has, we'll get to like brainstorming and researching and the specifics in a second, but from a content perspective, like what's worked well for you guys and are you doubling down on at the moment? I think that'd be really interesting to talk about.
1: Yeah so I'll tell you a bit about a few initiatives that we did uh, and I'll start with the biggest one we had one content project that we worked for I think more than a year and that's a video academy we interviewed we interviewed so we we chose to interview a few experts in the industry about content marketing and how do you build content marketing what does the process need to look like? The team behind content projects and so on. And we decided to interview other people because we felt that, okay, yes, we do have some knowledge internally, but there's people smarter than us out there. So we decided to interview them and build that content academy together with them. And I think we had about 12 experts. We reached out to them directly, some that we knew from our network, others just, that was the first project that we worked on with them. And it was we, we did everything internally. We did the design, we did the scripts, and it took about a year. It was a huge initiative, and I have to tell you that it wasn't the most successful one. So the results, we had another initiative that took about a, a couple, a few couple of weeks to build it. <laughs> it had it brought us more leads than the Content Academy that you know we built for uh, almost a year. And that initiative was an advent calendar. For those who don't know what advent calendars are, it's basically, they're usually built around Christmas and it starts with like December 1st and every day on that specific website and every day you open like a new gift or a new resource or something like that. So we built our own advent calendar and we had discounts for tools that we partnered with, books, other resources, just like great stuff. And, and that was one resource, one content initiative, how we call them internally, content initiatives. And that was one content initiative that really took off and it wasn't that hard to build. So that's one a huge lesson that we learned that probably, even though you want to do like grand stuff, you want to make statements with your content, you should probably, especially very early on when you don't have that much experience, you should probably start small and do smaller things and then gradually increase the 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 size of the projects that you're building and not start with something huge uh, because you might not have the experience to build it faster because you you, and it's also not proven you don't know if that's going to work But just start with small stuff small little projects that you build on and then eventually you're going to have the knowledge to estimate the results of some specific projects but, but also streamline them build them faster
0: and so is that how you approach all of the different you, you said like marketing initiatives special initiatives do you approach them on a project by project basis, by the sound of things? And if so, like how often, what's the kind of cadence for those? Are you planning like special one-offs once every month, quarter, six months? Like how does that look behind the scenes?
1: So yeah, that's a good question. We recently transitioned to this, I think a year ago, we transitioned to this strategical planning inside our company based on OKRs, objectives and key results. So every quarter we plan our OKRs for the next quarter. Uh, we usually try and do at least one special one special initiative per quarter because we're a tiny team. We're three, four people on the team. So we're t- still trying to make it. We have this ongoing initiatives, like we have our own newsletter, we have paid, we have uh, SEO, we have our own blog, analytics, a bunch of things that we need to do on an ongoing basis. So we managed to sneak in at least one special initiative per quarter Some smaller, some bigger. If we know that we have a huge special initiative like the Content Academy that is going to take uh, half a year or a year, we usually try to just have that one and not add anything else because it's just not doable. But that's how we plan it. And then we try, we have a few uh, what we call them brand flags. Uh, So it's basically things that we stand by like collaboration and teams and the people behind marketing. We even have a podcast called People of Marketing, (laughs) where I interview people in the marketing industry about their career and their journey. So we have a few kind of like keywords that we stand by in terms of brand identity and tone of voice. So we try to build content around them. We try to build content more around collaboration rather than social media because we feel like that space is very saturated with Buffer and Hootsuite and and all the other folks that are building content around that. And we're really more about collaboration and and the human side of marketing rather than the social media itself. Social media is just a channel. People come to Planable for the planning and collaboration side. So that's how we try to think around it. And it's really, it's, yeah, you need to like do a bit of a, I don't know, look inside yourself as a brand and realize what are those keywords that you you want to build content around.
0: Yeah. And let's talk about that because I'm, I'm interested to dive a little bit deeper into that specifically too, because I know that a couple of things that you touched on, like being in a, what's maybe seen as a pretty competitive space, if you were to double down on like social media marketing and social media content, and it sounds like you've definitely taken a, a different angle and different perspective there. So like, how do you how do you plan that out? Like, how do you decide, okay, this is the different, the slightly this way that we're going to diversify ourselves a little bit from the typical kind of niche specific audience that people might associate us with. And then when it comes to actually producing the pieces of content, whether it's those, whether it's those one-off like initiatives that you talk about, or even just from looking at the plannable blog, I know that you guys are pretty active with resources and content pieces there too. So I would love to find out what it looks like in the, like behind the scenes when you're coming up with Uh, a new piece of content, a new initiative, a new blog post, and how you go about that. I think that'd be really interesting for people listening.
1: Yeah. So I think for content initiatives, tend to be a bit more brand focused. The things that I mentioned, like collaboration and planning and teamwork, because we get the flexibility to just, we have the freedom of building them however we want them. Then, you know, we promote them. It's mostly driven by paid. So we can... We're going to make a statement around our own brand. When it comes to blog content, that's a different story. Uh blog that is, that is not driven by SEO doesn't, you know, really exist or by paid, that's not sustainable, especially for the blog, maybe paid for product. That's a different thing, but the blog needs to be sustained on the SEO, obviously so there we go a bit more into what people are looking for and we use tools like ahrefs and we do so much keyword research we try to uh, find keywords that are relevant to our product and that are maybe not as competitive like if you try and do Content calendars—you're gonna fight with HubSpot and and the other ones, and <laughs> it's, they have thousands of backlinks for that specific keyword, so you can't really find them. But if you find like niche keywords that apply to your own product and that show some intent, because it really doesn't matter if you rank well on a keyword that doesn't have intent. It doesn't like for example, we I think we're ranking on ring freelancers or something like that and it's, it's not relevant for us it's good for brand awareness and all of that but it's not really relevant for us because people don't come to planable that would work well for the marketplace for upwork or something like that but not for us. So it, you need to find those keywords that are not competitive and also they are not they are relevant to your product and they might show some intent from the user. So that's how we approach it, different ways. We do the content initiatives more for the brand, and but the blog is very SEO focused.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And I'm interested, I uh, maybe this question might be stepping things back a little bit, but I'm, I'm interested in finding out what the potential answer is to this because I know that when we decided to do this episode today, we were going to be talking about how you guys have grown to the point where you're at with content marketing. And one of the things that we said was how you transitioned from this like, Small struggling startup as you mentioned to, to where you guys are today so what was the um, did you all of a sudden drastically change your approach to content specifically or what was the change that I, I and I know it's hard to like sometimes set down on one specific thing like, hey this is what changed but was there something to do with the way that you guys approach content that you've switched up a little bit or I'm, I'm interested to yeah I'm interested to find that out.
1: I think in the beginning, we tried doing uh, blog and SEO, and we did it very superficially. We knew even back then that this is a long-term game, SEO and blog and content. But I think we didn't have the patience to wait for those results. So we switched to more growth hacking type of things, forums, communities, that kind of stuff. And I wish that We've done that in parallel with the blog and the the SEO because we might have had results earlier than that. And I think what what changed was that we came back to the blog and we really took it very seriously and we took content marketing very seriously and we had this faith that it's actually going to work. Though it, it wasn't it wasn't working very early in the beginning. We were obviously bringing traffic to the blog, but it wasn't converting. It, it wasn't bringing sign ups or anything like that. So we still worked on it and we still invested in it with this faith that sometimes, eventually it is gonna pay off and it did start paying off. And I think the fact that we, we really trusted the this you know content marketing in general, I think that's what worked, but we really, you know, very early from the beginning, we knew that our brand needs to, the foundation of our brand needs to be content and, you know, thought leadership. I think I wish we invested in it earlier than we actually did. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a background on what changed. We really took it seriously one day.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's I was just interested, right? Because sometimes there's like a big turning point or a change. Or I think sometimes even just for people listening to this or watching this who are maybe in like a tricky spot. Maybe their SAS is like early stage and it's struggling. It's at that point that you guys were at maybe a few years ago. It just shows that if you if you trust the trust the process and like actually stick to just commit to one one path, often that works out pretty well. So I think people listening will pick up some really great pieces of, of advice yeah. from, um, I think from content
1: builds up so you can see it eventually, you're like building a mountain stone by stone, but you can't see it in the beginning. So it's, it's just something that builds up and you need to have faith in it, that it, it will eventually. I'm not saying that content marketing works for every startup out there, but yeah, definitely for some, it, it could work out well, depending on your audience.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us so far, Ksenia. I think this has been a really interesting insight as to how you guys at Planable are growing and scaling with content, but also just how you're approaching content and content marketing and how it's helped you guys really, um, really move forward as a business. So just as we start to wrap up, I would love to find out if there's anything that, um, maybe we haven't discussed so far with regards to like content marketing that you would really want to talk about or any maybe real key pieces of advice that you didn't bring up. Is there anything that you think we, that we may have missed?
1: No, I think we touched upon the, all the points that I wanted to talk about. I think Yeah, I think just identifying that flag that we talked about, that brand flag that we talked about very early on is super helpful. You need to know who you are as an identity and as a brand very early on, and you need to find your own niche. And that applies in in brand building, but also in SEO. So you need to find those keywords and those flags for yourself as a brand very early on. I think that would be the overarching uh, piece of advice for the conversation that we've had today.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. This has been really interesting. I know that people are going to find a lot of value in this. Just as we wrap things up, is there anything that you guys want to share that you're working on at the moment? Or I, I know that there's on the Planable site, I was taking a look at the the section focused around remote collaboration and how to help remote teams collaborate on content. Is that something that you guys are tra- kind of pushing at the moment? Is that the current content? Like project that you're focusing on?
1: That's kind of the direction that we've had to take during this entire coronavirus period. We were very well positioned for this, considering that we're building a collaboration product. But we realized that we, we needed to switch a bit and we needed to do a bit of work around remote work as well from a content perspective, from an SEO perspective, from a paid perspective. So that was a bit of a pivot from a communication standpoint that we've had to to go through in the past uh, couple of months and we're probably going to keep you know investing in it in the next couple of quarters
0: yeah that makes sense yeah. okay cool thank you so much for coming on today's show i really appreciate your time this is a great episode
1: thank you so much dylan that was a great chat for me too